You are listening to She Rises, a podcast dedicated to women who are ready to stop settling and start living their lives by design. If you're ready to talk about the stuff that weighs you down and get practical advice on everything from your health, body image, spirituality, relationships, and personal growth, then you're in the right place. Hello, I'm Giovanna Capoza, your host, master coach, spiritual teacher, and mind-body expert, and I'm on a mission to unsettle women all over the world. Are you ready to rise? Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of She Rises. I'm your host, Giovanna Capoza, and I'm here today with Yvonne Talley. Yvonne is the author of Breaking Up With Busy and leads meditation and de-stressing programs for corporations, individuals, and private groups in Silicon Valley. She's an NLP master practitioner, and she's co-founded Poised Inc., a Pilates and wellness training studio. She's also the founder of the Sisterhood of the Traveling Scarves, a charity that provides headscarves to cancer patients. She lives in Northern California, but today she's on the show with us. And I love this topic. I love this book. Again, it's called Breaking Up With Busy, Real Life Solutions for Overscheduled Women. And if you are an overscheduled woman and you just heard me read that, you're going to say, oh, that's me. You know, we wear busy in this day and age as a badge of honor. You know, so many of my friends, including myself, is like, oh, I'm busy, I'm busy. And it seems to be this badge of honor we take on and somehow we find significance and worth in being busy. I know me for one, when I started my business and, you know, I took some time off even before I started my second business and I was on a sabbatical I had a lot of judgment around not being busy enough. You know, I felt lazy. I felt like I wasn't doing enough. And so I love this book. I love that it reintroduces this concept of not being busy. Hey, fancy that, right? How about we just not be busy all the time? How about we take time to reflect, to meditate, to be contemplative, to slow things down? How does that feel for those of you listening that might be overscheduled and busy? So this conversation today is really an important one. It's one that I loved having. I couldn't believe when the time was over that the time was over because I probably could have talked to Yvonne for way longer than we did. And I'm happy to share it with you today. And of course, as always, would love to continue the conversation with you on social media. You can find me on Instagram or Facebook. The links are in the show notes. And of course, you can get on over to SheRisesPodcast.com and leave a comment in the notes for this show. Hope you enjoyed this episode, guys. Hey, Yvonne, welcome to She Rises. I'm excited to have you on. Thank you, Giovanna. It's good to be with you today. It is good to be with you. I was just telling you before we hit record that your book is like this tiny little bundle of magic. It's called Breaking Up With Busy, Real Life Solutions for Overscheduled Women. And I made a confession to you before we started that I am this woman, or at least I, I, I was her more. I'm, I'm better now. But I know this woman well, and I wonder, because you seem to know her well, um, if you would share with us your story. I would be happy to. And I think that most women that you and I know have felt like overscheduled women at least once in their life, certainly probably more. Yes. I was one of those women, and I was so busy teaching others how to live a vibrant and healthy lifestyle. I was growing my business. I was raising my daughter as a single mom that I missed my own signs of busy and overscheduled. You know, the fast pace, the sleepless nights, the cram schedules. And all of that landed me in the hospital thinking I was having a heart attack 
when in fact I was having a panic attack brought on by my own stress. And what was interesting for me is I thought I, an organic eating, exercising, meditating, positive thinking person can end up here, can invite and bring this into my life and miss all the signs along the way, then there's a bigger story here. And I thought I need to help other people. And I came up with the solutions and the practices in the books first to help myself so that I could help others. And that is a very important lesson that I learned along this way. So I adopted a much more mindful approach to life. And that certainly was my wake up moment, my rise up moment, because it changed everything for me. And what I realized was over the course of 20 plus years that the women that I was working with were feeling the same. Once I opened up the subject and they began to share their stories with me as well. And that's really how we affect change, isn't it? Is that is we've got to share our stories and share solutions as well. Absolutely. I mean, I love that you created a solution for yourself and then decided to share it. And it just feels like this is epidemic. Like I just it. And also, like when I got the book, I realized like breaking up with busy is, first of all, a fantastic title. Like I love great titles and it's a great title. And I loved it because we wear busy as a badge of honor right? Like I hear so many women around me like, oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. But they almost say it like it's a badge of honor, a badge of self-worth somehow. And I wonder if you could speak to that a little bit, whether it's, you know, you personally or even some women that you've worked with. Oh, I think it's people. You know, I write in the book about I'm busy is, you know, I'm fine used to be how we greeted (laughs) one another. And now it's I'm busy. And it's really, it's an entree to an, and an exit to a conversation in the culture and the condition that we live now, we're often with all the comparisons, especially the comparisons that come through social media and the overexposure of our culture now, we often find ourselves faking happiness. And a way that we do that is that we cover things up. But oh, we all yeah. connect and we want to be we want to feel important. And that idea of busy that has gone from being something that we say to a habit and a habit now is really building this culture of busy. And busy has that allure of making us feel important. If I'm busy, you're busy, we get each other, and we can connect on that level. But if you're going to continue to be busy and I want to be a part of your group, then I need to do the same. And that's human nature. We do that with many, many things. And busy is certainly one of those things. And there's this comparison. You know, it used to be the leisure class that really signified that, oh, I've made it. I'm there. I can take time off and relax. Well, we've turned that thing completely on its head. Yes, totally. (laughs) (laughs) We've turned leisure into busy. Now that means we're important. It means I've got the job and I've got the importance of people looking up to me and I've got places to go and people to see. And that makes us feel as though we can connect because we see so much of this on our technology and we just want to be a part of it. Absolutely. I mean, there's messages everywhere about like busy and the hustle and the, and it is a badge of honor because it's where we get our significance from. You said something really powerful there about people faking happiness. And I just kind of got this like, oh, like in my gut, like, yeah, like that is so true that we fake happiness. And part of this cover up job really is this is busyness. Oh, yeah, that was just such a great insight for me. Like, I absolutely love that. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, I do want to get into some of the practical tips. Your, your 
book has amazing for those of you listening that haven't read the book or haven't heard of the book, grab it. It's got, it's really, really practical. Like I loved how practical it was and you have some great advice in there and also some exercises, but talk us through a little bit. Like, so you had this moment, right? You had this moment where you thought you were having a heart attack and you know, they're in the hospital and they say to you, well, it's an anxiety attack and it's caused by stress. How did you get from there to, you know, the realization of, oh my gosh, I'm doing too much, but then actually taking the action steps, because I would imagine like, cause it becomes a habit, doesn't it? It becomes sort of the way we thrive. Oh, absolutely. And you know, habit, what we practice grows strong. So if we're in the habit of being busy, then we just get really, really good at it. And as a culture, we are really, really good at it now. Uh, but to answer your question, how I went from that moment, that scared me enough. I could go into detail the whole event that scared me enough to make a change. So, and I have to be honest, Giovanna, in that moment, I felt like a fraud. I felt like, oh my goodness, here you're supposed to have all the answers. And what I realized was I was covering up all of my imperfections because I felt like I had to be that perfect person for my clientele that they would have something to aspire to and that I was setting the example. However, in reality, I was I was having the same challenges that all of them were having as well. And bringing the mindfulness piece into it, that's really what shifted things for me. I reconnected deeply with my spirituality. And I don't mean religion. I mean the spirited, mindful, soulful self that we all are. And I reconnected with that. And that's really what shifted. I brought meditation into my daily practice on a very deep level. And I found that that had amazing examples of the way that you can not only clear mental space, but you can replenish and nourish your entire mind, body, spirit system. So those were the things that I began. Those were the action steps that I took. And the key is that I took one at a time. I determined what I needed most. And in that moment, I needed rest. So I changed my whole sleeping patterns. And again, one step at a time, I began to set my alarm clock across the across the room so I would have to get up and turn it off rather than hitting the snooze button. I prepared for going to bed earlier at night knowing that it would take me X amount of time before I actually could get into a soothing sleep. And these were just one step at a time, small, small increments. I was that woman, that entrepreneur, that single mom that would put my daughter to bed and then work another four hours and pride myself and brag about being getting by on four or five hours of sleep. And when I started to do my research, I realized how detrimental that was to my body, to my health, to my mind. So I began to make a real commitment to myself to get more sleep. And the way that I did that was in 15-minute increments. And now I get a luxurious seven and a half hours of sleep every night, and I don't skimp on it. So I love it. One change at a time. Yeah. And and small. I love that you said small increments as well. So, you know, I'm thinking of... There's people that are listening to this that definitely can identify with your story. I mean, you you sound like all of my clients. So your your old self rather sound like all of my clients too. And and I get it because I was that woman as well. And I also know, especially because I work with very similar sort of type A, high achieving women, often entrepreneurs or founders. Sometimes we feel lazy. Like sometimes we don't actually realize that we're overscheduled because we are so type A. We always think I'm not doing enough. And we almost judge ourselves for being lazy. So how can someone listening that maybe has a little bit of that in them, how can they identify themselves as being an overscheduled woman? Well, I call lazy, uh, you know, leisure is now the new lazy. Right? It's such a judgment. It, it really, really is. 
And I remember growing up when my mom would say, oh, Aunt Jerry's coming over this weekend. Oh, what are you going to do? Oh, we're going to visit. <laughs> what did that mean? Right. That, and you're like, no, but what are you going to do? Nothing. Yeah. We're going to visit. <laughs> and so that idea of visiting, of connecting one-on-one, gazing into one another's eyes, making that physical connection with the people that we love and care about has all of a sudden become something that is if I have time or optional. And when we look at our health and wellness and what we want to sustain in our life, and more importantly, what is it that we want to bring into our life? What do we want our days to feel like? What do we want? What kind of passion and compassion do we want in our relationships? Because when we're busy, all of that gets pushed to the wayside and we get very focused on the doing, doing, doing. So as an overscheduled woman, some of the signs are frequently we opt out of doing something for ourselves when one of our loved ones requests our time. That's the biggest one right there. And we have this mixed sense of doing, as you said, too much and not enough. Well, the brain cannot determine what it has engaged in in the day if we're constantly trying to multitask. We know that the brain, it just can't multitask. It can't differentiate between two dissimilar tasks. So it's constantly job shopping and job hopping and task-oriented things that we're doing are in conflict with one another. So we don't really have a conscious sense of what we've done all day. So we end up, you know, falling into bed at the end of the night and feeling like we've done too much, but yet nothing at all. And busy becomes our new normal. So these are just some of the signs that, and there's other things, insomnia, low libido, skin issues, all weight shifts, all of these things come along with this often overwhelming feeling of being anxious, tired, frustrated, irritated, you know, and that becomes our new normal. And we just accept it as, oh, it was a busy day. However, in reality, what's happening long term, Giovanna, is that we are having a big impact on our personal wellness and those relationships that are significant to us. Yeah. And one of the words that came to me as you were speaking was sort of, it was the word fulfillment, right? So if you're generally lacking a sense of fulfillment and satisfaction at the end of the day that you're probably doing too much. Yeah. If you're like, but you know, if you're busy, that's the whole thing, Giovanna is when we're busy, we don't even take the pause to feel what we're feeling. We're too busy. The first thing we have to do is take a pause, like breathe, just take a moment to breathe. And I talk a lot about meditation. It's my one go-to magic tool. In fact, I call it magic meditation in the book. One minute to readjust where you are at in your day. Take a deep breath in that stimulates your vagus nerve, that immediately helps you drop your blood pressure and your heart rate and decrease the cortisol that's running around in your body that's produced by stress. Just taking a deep breath in. So you couple that with walking out into the nature and looking up and having your senses fed You can do that. You've got 60 seconds to do that. We spend an average of 20 minutes a day looking for things like our keys that we have misplaced. So if we just put our keys back to where they need to be or whatever it might be, that one minute a day is the first step that you can begin to bring into your life to help you begin to shift out of this busy and actually experience your fulfillment when you have it in your life. Otherwise, you'll miss it. Yeah, and that's so important because I realized after I even asked you that question around fulfillment, I have this one particular client. She is a busy woman, 
But her struggle is, is that she gets so much joy out of the busy. Like she loves her business. She loves what she's up to in the world. She's really jazzed about it. And so she gets a lot of fulfillment from her being busy. So it's this kind of, it's this fine line of finding, you know, busy because you love it and, and you're doing something amazing in the world and then overdoing it and not taking the time out for yourself. It's going to be like everything we hear all the time. We're so tired of hearing it, but it's so true. Yeah. Balance, balance and moderation to everything. And there is a difference between being busy and being productive. So I'd venture to say on another subsequent conversation with this client, if we dug a little deeper, tell me about busy. What does that feel like to you? What does that look like in your life? What do you feel as though you're getting from it when you are busy? And she may have a list of things that she's getting from it, or does she have a list of feelings that are coming into her life because of it? Is busy enhancing her life, or is it taking away from her relationships? Because being productive is about prioritizing. We also learn to say no to things. We set boundaries around things. Because if everything is important, then nothing is important. And when we are in the mindset of busy, everything is important. And Mm -hmm. we get in that wheel of affirmation from other people. We're constantly on that outward view rather than looking on what we're feeling satisfied with inside and again what we want to create more of yeah and with this particular client I mean it like she didn't even and I'm saying I'm using her as an example because there's probably people listening who are thinking well I don't really think I'm overscheduled or busy because she didn't actually realize it at first and the thing is it's not a problem until it is and then things started to fall apart and it still took her a little bit to piece together that it was how she was approaching her business and her lifestyle um, and I literally had to give her meditation homework for the same reason and it wasn't until you know, she slowed down. And the same thing happened with me. It wasn't until I actually slowed down to a snail's pace that I realized the detriments that I was creating as well in my life. And even, you know, in my business and in my relationships by just not slowing down and not, you know, breaking up with busy, as you would call it. I have a question around time. You talk about time a little bit in your book and your, in your busy busting solutions chapter. One of the chief things that I've heard myself say, and that I see is such a huge thing is this whole concept of time and I'm running out of time and there's not enough time or like talk to us a little bit about taming time. You know, time is one of those things that's going to be different for each of us. So your idea of time and how it comes to you and what that feels like to you is going to be completely different than the next person. So taming time again is about choosing to make priorities it's not it's about being in that place where you actually take account of your time as a resource and as a feeling you know in there too we, i talk about time uncomplicated you know the different the three different circles of people that we invite into our lives we have our inner circle which are our confidants and the people that we love and then we have that outer circle which are people that we're going to see on occasions and that we're going to maybe be our office mates and that we see on a daily basis, but we don't really do anything social. And then as we move out from that, we have that circle, which are just the people we're going to see once in a while. So when you can kind of set that mechanism up for yourself, then you can start to look at the time that you're engaging with those people within those parameters. And you'll be amazed at how often you may, in fact, 
be giving away a lot of your time for that peripheral circle and taking it away from that inner circle. I remember coming home every night as a wellness consultant and personal fitness trainer and thinking, I gave the best I could to my clients today. I feel great about that. But you know what I was doing? I was bringing home the leftovers to my daughter. So when I put this uh, uh, time uncomplicated together and looked at these three circles, and in the center is the heart of everything, that helped me shift my time and how I gave it away, how I spent it, and how I made more of it. Oh, I love that. That is so good. It's really, it's really prioritizing, right? 100% is about the priorities. And if we're too busy, we can't even set our priorities. When we ask our clients, well, what is it that you want? I don't know. I'm, I just, I'm so busy. I just can't even think about it. Well, we can only sustain that type of a lifestyle for a period of time. So, you know, if your relationships aren't as intimate and as fun, let's not forget about fun. That's so important for all of us. And if your relationships have shifted and you find yourself just not enjoying the things that you once did, or if the things that you really enjoyed before now feel like they're a burden, then it's time. It's your time to take that pause and reconnect with yourself. And that will help you to not only reconnect with others, but determine what circle you're living most of your time in. Yeah. And going back to the meditation part too, like I just, I, I literally just got off the phone with a client talking about that because we don't actually realize the power of taking that moment of silence. And I really, I I call it taking a moment to spend with yourself, really to be the observer and to create some mindfulness because it's in the gap. It's only in the gap really that we could assess what's going on. And so I wonder if you could talk a little bit, and I, I think you call it being an active listener. You know, I call it being the observer, but talk about the role of silence with this particular topic of being busy. Yes. So silence, it is a powerful tool and it's essential to being an active listener. That's part of it. So silence and quiet is a way, again, for us to replenish our mind and our body. We certainly do that in quiet sleep. We do that in meditation as well. And when you talk about the gap, that place that we go where we we aren't making any assessments, we are just in the place of being. That's that deep place that you know, it takes practice. Meditation is a practice. It's not something we do. It's a way of being. And in that silence, you know, when we have so much noise and so much stress and so much distraction, our brain, particularly the prefrontal cortex, and that is the area that manages complex processing like reasoning and logic and problem solving, that during stress and anxiety gets shut down. It can't work as well. And that's why you'll hear people say, oh, gosh, I'm in a cloud. I can't think clearly. Well, in fact, that's exactly what's happening. Well, in meditation, we actually stimulate that part of our brain, which allows better focused attention. We can develop and pursue goals. And all of this happens because we've given that time of quiet and silence. So when we talk about silence as far as a tool for active listening, active listening requires us to silence that mind chatter, those distractions, and disconnect from emotionally charged feelings that can undermine our goals and our desires. Because often what we're doing is we're engaging imagination. Imagination when we're young, it's so powerful. We spend hours in imaginative play. And then when we hit about six or seven, we get that message, stop doing that, quit fooling around, pay attention. And suddenly imagination over time, that imagination 
goes from being something that can create just really incredible imaginative play and joy and pleasure to something that is now to be resisted and ignored. But guess what? The mind wants to imagine. It is a powerful way for us to create. And we do it every day in the what-if scenarios. So we've taken that incredible tool, that powerful tool of imagination, and we've separated it. What I say is connect that a powerful play, that imagination, with silence. And use that imagination to create what you want in your moments of silence. And you can do this in guided meditation. I absolutely adore that. And I have a personal experience with that just not that long ago. I have a ritual that I do every morning and I just call it quiet time. And if TVs don't come on, radios don't come on, I don't look at my phone, you know, I make a cup of coffee or a tea and I literally sit and I stare out my window and I give myself quiet time. And just very recently, I, you know, maybe because it's summer here and the weather's gorgeous, I had this little flashback of my childhood. And I was like, oh, I remember when I used to lay on the bed, just like in contemplative thought, like I'm talking like a small child. I used to do this. And sometimes I used to do this thing where I'd review my day and kind of look at what happened in the day. And I'd go into some imagination and I, and I, you know, daydream or whatever. And I tapped into that. And I have to tell you, it made my, you know, quiet time, my morning time, just juicier is the word I would use. If I felt even more relaxed coming out of that and starting my day relaxed, but at the same time, really energized. So I love that you brought that in because I, I would have never thought of that as a tool to remind you to say, hey, come get back into imagination. Yes, because we are doing it every day anyway. Right. We're usually imagining the worst case scenario. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. I can turn it around and make it work for you. Imagination is everything. I mean, when we think about it, if we just pause for a moment and look around, every single thing that we see, every road, every piece of electronic, every cloth, everything is comes from human imagination, everything on this earth. And, you know, some say, well, in exclusion of nature, but I dare to say that nature is also affected by our imagination. Even the places that we've yet not gone or seen or touched, it is still touched from everything that we have done. And it's all been brought up through imagination, airplanes, computers, you know, everything has that imaginative quality for it to become a real thing. So imagine what you can do that, use that every day to start to shift your energy and your thoughts towards what you want to create instead of what you fear. I have to bring this one quote up from your book because it's a tiny, tiny little one. It's near the back, but I think I underlined it 12 times and highlighted it in five different colors because it's so pivotal for me. I was like, oh my God. So the quote is, I'm not in your rush. And I I so needed to hear that one because we often get caught up in everyone else's rush and everybody else and the world, really. The world is like, chop, chop, get it done. Come on, let's do it. I got off this a phone with a, a brand new entrepreneur just recently and she was kind of stressed out that she hasn't, you know, hit the millions yet. And I was like, you just started, you know, so we're like always on these other people's timelines. And I have allowed myself to feel the rush of someone else's rush. And and I think this is why like you and I are on the same page about meditation and grounding and having that stillness, because if you don't have that groundedness in yourself, like 
it's really easy for that to happen. So I would love if you could extrapolate a little bit on that quote, because I just, I loved it. <laughs> well, that quote is, I was driving one day and that was on the bumper in front of me. <gasps> That's amazing. Yes. And it, when I read that, Giovanna, immediately I, I took a big breath and I went, <sighs> because uh, right? <laughs> rushing be, out of habit, out of my own habit. And also, it's an energetic field that happens. If you're in a room with people that are scurrying about, the idea that you're not going to scurry comes from a meditative practice. But most of us will start to scurry, rush. We'll get into the same pace. When you're speaking to someone or in a boardroom, in a group meeting of some kind, you watch from the beginning of the meeting till the end of the meeting. You'll see those ebbs and flows of how the tone how the volume will shift because people get into other people's space and energy and flow. And this is what this rushing is about is to remind us that first of all, rushing isn't going to make us do anything faster. What's going to most likely happen is we'll make more mistakes because we're distracted because we're focused on scarcity. Once again, rush, got to get there. If I don't, this is going to happen. So we're really focused on the scarcity rather than the abundance of time and the ability to make us to make a choice that will allow us to slow down so that we can get maybe more done with less effort. That's certainly an aspect of it. But that's where that I'm not in your rush came from. Pause and remind yourself, what is it that you want? What, how do you feel when you're going to get there? What does your big picture look like? And is this going to complement the big picture? Is the rush necessary or is it just a habit? I love it. And it, I mean, I absolutely love that you got it from a bumper sticker. I think that's the best bumper sticker ever. So we're, we're close to the end. And I do, I mean, I really, really encourage everyone listening to grab a copy of this book. It's like teeny tiny. It's perfect. You stick it in your purse, read it on the subway or like, you know, out for coffee. It's amazing. But I want to give them a little bit of a tool because it's on the same page as this quote that I just completely underlined 12,000 times. Talk to us a little bit about this practical tool you have about rating the rush, like really getting real with it. The rating the rush, that was one that came up so often with my clients because they would come flying in the door late and they would say, oh my gosh, I'm so, I'm so, I'm sorry I'm late. I was just, I was so rushed. I had X, Y, and Z to do. And, and that's what we end up doing, right? We get into that space. So what we need to do, the solution for that is just to reassess. Take one minute break from the rushing and reassess the importance of your pace. That rushing part, what's the importance of the pace? And then rethink. That's the second one. Rethink. Do I want the worst thing or the best thing to happen? And that might sound like a crazy thing to ask. Well, of course, we all want the best to happen. Well, do we? Think about that. Rethink that just a bit. And then the one that always, always people just love, clients love, I love, is that reboot. Now you're ready to reboot your day or reboot your hour or how about just the first 15 minutes. So give yourself permission not to make the big sweeping change. Just remember that you can reassess, you can rethink it, and you can reboot it. And that will change everything for you. And another thing too, as a practice, as a, sol a solution and a practice, there's three things that you can do to begin really being aware of the pace that you're traveling through each day. Try one of these three things or all three. 
slow down the way you talk. Slow down the way you walk. Slow down the way you drive. And see how that feels in your body and in your mind for that matter. I mean, maybe you're a fast driver and you didn't even realize you're a fast driver. Maybe you're a fast talker and you didn't realize you were a fast talker. So what it does is it gets us really familiar or at least draws attention to the pace that we're in. And if we want to change the pace and we want to reduce the busyness and the distractions and the mistakes and the misunderstandings, we've got to slow down to be able to do that. And I'll just add to that. When Gandhi had a busy day, instead of meditating an hour or whatever it might have been, he made it meditated two hours or twice as much as what he thought he would do because yes. he knew that that would be the most effective, meaningful way that he could enter and honor his day. Oh, so amazing. And such a, you know, a brain twist for many of us listening, especially in, you know, our Western North American crazed society. Thank you so much, Yvonne, for writing this book, for putting this information out there and for being on the show and to share your wisdom. Oh, thank you. It was my pleasure, Giovanna. Thank you so much for tuning in and keep rising everyone for books and resources related to today's episode. Make sure you head over to she podcast.com and I'll see you there. If you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure you tune back in next week when I dive into more juicy topics to help make your life the best it can be. And Hey, if you've enjoyed listening to the show and you'll love it, head on over to iTunes and leave me a rate and review and subscribe there to the show. 